Morning Tip. Good afternoon. It is March 16th, 2021. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Lemonos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? We are in full March Madness mode, and earlier this week, Joe Biden came out and said he's going to tell all the states by May 1st, you got to have these vaccines ready for everybody. March Madness, that's going to go through March, another couple of weeks. May 1st, it's really not that far away. You know, two, three months, I think we're really going to start to feel like we're on the other side of this. I know I've seen a lot of one-year anniversary of COVID starting, and it's just so nice to be in a spot where I feel like we're, we're seeing the end, and it's no longer... Well, when is this going to end? We had so many of those podcasts. We were about to have people doing stupid things out and about, not COVID-related stupid things, just regular stupid things, content for us to talk about on the podcast. I am excited. So you want to talk about COVID for an hour, right? The whole podcast. Just just more COVID talk? It's about COVID going away. <laughs> I think that's exactly what they want. Uh, well, na na Well, you know, it is March. And the tournament is about to begin, and the best thing you could do if you're rooting for a team in March is to hope that your season ends on a victory. That's the only thing you're hoping for, is to be a champion. Now, Zach, Duke ended their season on a victory. Can we give them a championship? we, we got to get something, because this is the <laughs> second year in a row that we've won our la- the last two games that we've played. And then on March 11th, March 11th, just a bad day where news comes out last year everybody is shut down because of covid and this year specifically the duke blue devils men's basketball team there was a positive test within the program and once there's a positive test within the program you have to shut it down for a certain amount of time it's happened to many teams throughout the season we I thought we're lucky that it hadn't happened to us all year and then just hit us at the absolute wrong time. Uh, I said it last week. I was confident Duke was going to make the tournament. We had just blown out Boston College. The next day, beat Louisville real good. Uh, Florida State, very good team, but had been tripped up in the past. They were not invincible. And from there, just who knows what was going to happen. But the news came out in the, in the afternoon. It was a real gut punch. I was talking with my roommate, just we were both going over what we thought was going to happen later in the day with games and just kind of happened to check my phone and I see just the, the preview and it says something about Duke men's basketball and then dot, dot, dot. And it's like, well, nothing, there, there's not going to be, I'm going to read farther on here and it's <laughs> going to be good. It, it's just going to be bad. And it, it for sure was of a lot of it is just, there's no closure. And it's the second year in a row with no closure of, you hang out with these guys for, for a whole year. This year was not nearly as successful as last year. A uh, lot of uh, a lot of downs, not a lot of ups, but still, it's like it's your team. And usually you know th- this is it. You, you can feel it towards the end of the game. I, for sure you can lose on a buzzer beater, but a lot of times it's getting under four and stuff's not going your way and just like, okay, the, the, this, this is not going to go well unless we do something crazy. Like, this is the end. This is the final game past two years it's been the day after playing or a couple of days after that there's just been it's it's, it's just over it's gonna, it's gonna have to be a duke holiday or or not even a holiday what's the opposite of a holiday like a like a day of mourning i don't know just a day of sort, sadness a day of sadness yes uh a, a day of uh, sad chocolate milk that's that's all that's all you're getting this year now there are some teams that did get in the bracket 
I haven't spent as much time looking at it because I feel like I tinker with it too much if I look at it. But the one thing that stood out very first glance was that there's a playing game on Thursday, and there's normally playing games on Wednesday. So the schedule's a little different. But the next thing I noticed is that one of the playing games is UCLA versus Michigan State. If Duke being out, Kentucky being out, and this being a playing game isn't like a red flag that this isn't going to be a normal year and that anything that's ever happened other than this year just means nothing. I, I mean, I guess in some way it doesn't really mean anything what you did in the past year. But it, I think in bracket voting and bracketology and coaching and, like, have you been there before and what your program expectations are, I think that's all related to this. Is is this a, is this a game they just had to throw in there just to get someone to watch on Thursday night? Or is this exactly where these two are supposed to be seated? Or are they, or are they supposed to be out? <laughs> I think these are right where the, the, the teams were supposed to be. They were both very much bubble teams this year, despite despite their names. I I think them playing each other might have something a little bit to do with it rather than the uh, the other options where it could have been Wichita State, Drake mixed in with them. But I do think there might have been a little, uh, <laughs> you know, maneuvering to make sure that these, um, I would say, usually more uh, powerhouse schools. Michigan State has definitely had more success recently. UCLA definitely has more of the longevity with uh, with John Wooden uh, a while of, a while back now. Now at this point, but I, I think it'll get eyeballs for sure. I, I I'm 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 not the right person to ask because it, it's part of March Madness. It's not part of filling out your bracket. But I've been feeling weird the past two days not watching any college basketball. I'm not sure I've gone a day since it started and not seen at least part of one game. So when Thursday rolls around, it will for sure be on the uh, on the TV. Yeah, what uh, we got two games, uh, four games on Thursday, right? They're all on Thursday. Yep. Yeah, so we got four games on Thursday, and then Friday at noon is when the actual tournament first round kicks off, and a bunch of games going to be going on. We got four games. Uh, I think they're doing the same scheduling this year where they're all like uh, like off by like 45 minutes start time or something yep. like that. Uh, so can't wait for Great that. Great idea. Whoever came through with that, just a, a real hero. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to talk about the anticipation of this tournament other than it's going to be crazy. It's going to be unpredictable. It's It sounds like every year I say, oh, this is going to be the most wild year ever. And it <laughs> I do think this is going to be one of the more wild years. I think the seating alone can can't be trusted. There's just, there's no way. This is a whole asterisk year. I, there's no way you could tell who's good and who's bad. It just seems, it w- seems like it had to be, it had to be more difficult this year than any other year in the past. So I'm expecting craziness. I don't know what my bracket's going to be. I, I also think we need to, <laughs> you need to accept the fact that there's a very likely possibility that one of these teams could get COVID halfway through or day one of the tournament and just be out. Like what just happened to Duke, hopefully is the last team that is eliminated this year because of that but how much is that how much of a wrinkle is that going to be in the brackets when a number one seed is just suddenly just unable to play it it, it, it could just make things even more wild than normal the ACC it was not just Duke uh, Virginia had to had to step out uh, in other conferences the uh, big name was Kansas had to step away and really hope that it doesn't doesn't happen. We are coming up on the deadline for a replacement team to come in. It 
looked like Louisville would be the replacement team if any team couldn't make it. The deadline is 6.30, and we're looking at about 10 minutes from that right now. And uh, I'm looking at the ESPN page, and no news is coming out. I would think we'd, we'd know by now if, if that were the case. But after this point tonight, if a team tests positive and whatever the protocols are of we're not sure if everybody has it, you know, there's not enough time to test everybody safely, that team's just going to forfeit, regardless of which team it is. And it almost seems like now before it starts would be the best time because I would hope that once we get deeper into this, if this were to happen in the final four, that there would be some sort of way to postpone it. So there's not some sort of forfeited championship game. Well, I I would, I, I imagine they have some sort of plan like that. I just think, what what is the rush? Why do we like do we have to have this at a certain time period? Like it's not like the season starts a week after. So I I imagine it has to be TV related. Well, I, but you this can is still, this is the year of COVID. This is the year of COVID where we've done some interesting things, and it seems like if we were to get to the final four and one team had an issue that we'd be able to delay it a few days. I'm not saying that necessarily that player would be able to come back, but that you'd be able to, okay, this player unfortunately is going to have to sit, but you'd be able to get a couple of extra days to test the other players to make sure that they were fine. And whatever the number of negative tests were, yep, you're fine. Okay. You guys can play. Oh man. So, so, so many possible consequences. I, I'm, I'm already terrified to fill out my bracket. I I felt I filled out one. I did do one. I don't like to look at it too much, but I like to do one where it's your first instinct, gut instinct, first choice, fill it out as fast as possible, and that's that's one bracket. That's just that that's the first one. And then the next two will be a little bit more thought out and I'll read some details and do some studying on that. Any any strategy you're working on right now or are you just uh you just lost without Duke? Just devastated. It's been less with the with the bracket and more of the schedule. Because normally, the first thing is, all right, what time does Duke play? And I don't know, somehow that just makes, it, it factors in with everything else. <laughs> uh, it's a priority the, in your day. That's fair. No, that's that's yeah. fair. And now that that priority's gone, it's kind of like, well, now I'm I'm playing the field. This is, There is no priority. I, it's. A... <laughs> I think three years ago when I went out to visit you in California for the madness, if they weren't the first game, I think they were the second game. And that was interesting being out on the West coast of early game. Basically it was, it was, you know, in, in the morning and just the concern of if they lay an egg here, this is like, I'm going to be able to recover, but it is going to make for a real rough vacation weekend here. <laughs> but now with, uh, with them not in it, just been looking at, at other matchups uh, similar to you. The first one is just, well, let me let me just click through. This is fun. Where you have in your head who you think is good and who isn't, and then you just run into some roadblocks where, like, two of the teams that you're like, ooh, yeah, these two are sleepers. Like, I think they can make a run. And then you realize, oh, well, these two teams play each other right away, and then they're immediately going up against a one seed quickly. So how good of a sleeper are we talking here? Uh, I think you, I keep getting getting jammed up by that, but I am also holding out 
there is some COVID news out there that's swimming around and just trying to not make any any big decisions yet until it gets a little bit closer and we seem a little more locked in on who traveled, who is in quarantine, who's practicing, what, what what's going on. Well, if you haven't filled out a bracket already or if you haven't joined our free group, go to lcalcb.com. You can fill out a bracket there. It's entirely free. First place this year will get a $100 Amazon gift card as well as a podcast T-shirt. lcalcb.com to sign up. Everything's on there. We already got we got a good amount of people signed up, and it's going to be challenging to catch the number that we did last year. But the only thing I'm really excited about is at least the Patriots have come through for us this week. And boy, have they made some news, spending some money. And it's kind of bittersweet to a point where if we had just kept Brady and then maybe made similar decisions like this, who knows where we would be right now. But on the other hand, it's it's like at least we're changing it up. Like I, I feel like every every couple of years, Belichick kind of reinvents himself. And it very well may just be that this these were two free agents that he actually thought were worth it. And I actually do think they're worth it. They're young. I think they've got a lot of prime left in their career. And, and it may just be that they lined up like that. Like in other years, we might have been looking for guys like this and they just weren't available. But what do, what do you think it was? Do you, do you think we're kind of reinventing the Patriot way one more time? I think once Brady left, we had to change our approach. And in professional sports, it's a it's, it's like a big ship. You can't make quick moves with, with a big ship. And so last year had to be a little bit of a, a sacrificial year, the way that contracts are lined up. And I think some of the moves that we made last year were hurt us in the short term, but hopefully will help us more in the long term to set us up with the, with the free agent money that we had. You mentioned, I believe last week or maybe the week before that we had a lot of money and we were one of the top teams that had the most uh, salary cap space. And in the past two days, we have spent the second most money in the opening week or the opening couple of days of free agency ever. So we are definitely not shy about splashing the cash this year, which just feels weird. I I think the four, I'll call them receivers. I mean, there's two tight ends are already better than anybody on our offensive roster right now. I mean, other than Julian Edelman, I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, to have high expectations for Julian Edelman just feels a little, it, got, it seems overambitious at this point. I hope he's healthy. I hope he comes back. But to think, to expect that seems like a silly thing to do. So I'm okay with all the, the moves they made. I love the two tight ends they got. There's some probably the, one of my two favorite tight ends in the league already. And, and Jonu Smith, is it's Jonu, right? Jonu? I think so. I, I really haven't heard a very consistent pronunciation of this. And now that he's on my team, I, I, we need to learn that. That's, that's going to be day one stuff. When, when, they, when they welcome we in and all that, we, we need to kind of finalize the pronunciation on that. Because I, I think he's going to be great. I was really shocked we were able to get these guys. I thought these would both be like highly wantable guys. Like Who doesn't want these guys? I think they immediately make your team better. They may not be the splashiest of free agents. Or, or gonna, you're not going to win championships because of them. But I think piece by piece, it could become a championship. Who are you most excited about? Well, the second tight end is Hunter Henry. Yeah, yeah. For for other people that uh, might not be plugged in because they're they're focused on the brackets and not on the NFL, which I I understand. 
the both these guys seem seem good to to add couple couple of weapons definitely uh Janu is is pretty young so hopefully he can come in but we we added we added more guys and just my concern is it's always I I see it with other teams. I'm not used to being my team of making big splashes in the off season and it not translating of almost making fun of other teams. Awesome. You, you had all the headlines in March. Well, what happened to you in December and January? Like, are, are these guys going to, going to perform? My concern is we spent a ton of money and none of them are stars. Uh, I saw a joke yesterday that somebody said, all the guys the Patriots are signing are the Tuesday night waiver wire wire ads that you make in fantasy. I think that's okay. I we've won a championship with less. I think we can. This is already more. I think these are guys that are coachable, that'll buy into the system, that'll be easy to build around, that you can fill in, that are so versatile. I mean, that's what Belichick always does. I think that's why we are so bad at drafting, is we try to find guys that are just versatile and end up not being that good at anything. But these guys, I think, are proven their versatility to some degree. And I just think we just tweak it the Patriot way a little bit. I don't know what that magic is that he sprinkles on these guys, but by week eight, they're they're like established vets. And I think that's just what we're going to get out of this. We're going to get a competitive team that's very consistent, that plays very smart, and, and that we can do a lot of stuff with. And we weren't able to do that last year because clearly the elephant in the room is that we still have Cam Newton at quarterback. And that's... Head and shoulders, the most important position probably across all sports. But we could try and make him his life as easy as possible by adding some weapons and doing some wild things and having some fun with the offense. And I think we're going to do that this year. I don't think we're going to see a traditional cam. I think we're going to see trick plays and just quirky things. We're going to try to just all the deficiencies he has we saw last year. And I think we're going to avoid trying to do that. I mean, the big joke I saw all over Twitter was the... <laughs> The top comment on all of the signings was, uh, which, which one of these guys can play shortstop so that they can catch all the ground balls from Cam Newton? I, I, don't, I, don't, know. I don't know how that goes problem. away. <laughs> I don't have the solution for that. But it doesn't feel like we really can fix that. And if we can't fix that, we can fix the other things and just hope that it's better. We're better than we were last year. We got a lot of guys coming back. We're better than we were last year. I don't know if we're a championship contender, but to win a how championship. Many games more, how many games better? Would you rather us go in the other direction? I mean, I, this is what we're doing. We're trying to be a better football team. Do you think these guys are, are we bringing them in? And is this another? We're doing something short term to help us long term. Of all right, we're getting some weapons in. We're going to deal with Cam for another year. Maybe he's got something. The way we structured structured the, the the contract makes it so we can get out of uh, out of it if if need. And then we're hoping to get a big free agent quarterback next year or you think we're gonna try to get somebody in the draft uh, I, I just don't see cam as a, as a long-term solution and really not even the best necessarily short-term solution like do these weapons help or is it just gonna be oh good we got these really good tight ends that well they block on the on the run all the time because cam's not throwing the ball I think the long-term play is that like I said the team is better and we weren't able to draw any actual big name guys there was no quarterbacks of any interest in this there's there's like seven quarterbacks that are going to trade they're going to trade places this year not one of them wants to come to us not one of them has interest in us i i think these moves hopefully encourage that interest that give us a chance and that's that's a long-term fix 
I mean, the other thing is, is what if we're like, like one player away with Cam, and it's like, well, what if we get someone better in Cam? We'll be, we'll be that much better. Like, what if what if we go like, what if we win ten games this year? You're not gonna think next year that if we bring in somebody a little bit better than Cam, maybe a little bit more accurate, that we could win more than ten games. Like this is this is like an audition the, for someone next year. And yeah, that's my question. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Was this is a short term move, but for the long term? That's what you think. I I like all the guys. I think every one of these guys has potential to be a Patriot for a really long time. The other thing is, we we always this is like a Danny Ainge move. I think all the guys we have will always have trade value. I think they could easily be moved. I think these are easy additions to any competitive team. If the season doesn't go well, and we can get picks back for that, I I think that's the other option right now. And you don't think every one of these guys would fit in on any other roster in the league? They're just versatile guys. So I think they we, have that value as well. We we do go for for versatile guys. So I'm excited about all of it. It's the only thing we can be excited about as Patriot fans. I mean, at the end of the day, Cam Newton is our quarterback, and he either gets better or the team around him gets better. And we hope that that somehow makes us better. There's no other. Tom Brady's not coming back. That, I mean, I I think that the funny, the the bittersweet part about this is that we didn't do this for Tom. Do you think we could have done this? No. There there is no way we could ever do anything like even if we brought in one of these tight ends, we we couldn't do that. I think we 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 did we did what we had to do, and just it's just the way the way the money works and you got offense and you got defense and we had Brady that could cover up some of the offensive mistakes so we poured some more into into the defense and that that's what you had to do we're gonna win the division take that Bills fans <laughs> it's uh it's like a sophomore slump last year it's it's hard to repeat okay. it's it's challenging and I in the back of my mind and I it's like if you're a Dallas fan, you're probably believing this every year. We're, was it 50% of the teams that made the playoffs last year don't make it the next year? Well, we're on the other half. I don't think half. it's quite that high, but I, the, the point still stands. So we're on the other half now, and the odds are kind of for us next year. Just, just naturally. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is, this is what I, we're reaching for. This is, uh, I, I just, it's all on Cam. If Cam comes back and plays the way he did this year, especially post-COVID, we're in big trouble. But if there's any sort of spark, but nothing I saw this year made me think, oh, yeah, I think he's figuring it out. Like, there just didn't seem to be, seem to be any bright spots. All right. Uh, side joke aside here, uh, what, who's going to have more drops, uh, Nikhil Harry or Nelson Aguilar? Ugh, that is going to be <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> hey, you know what? Aguilar had his best season last year, and it all kind of added up a little bit. All those Philly years, we were begging for him and fantasy to kind of pop. It, it kind of happened a little bit last year. He had some big plays. He had some decent games. It's it's better than what we got now. We don't have anybody like that now. Yeah, it, it seems like it's going to be a frustrating year again. Yeah, it's it's already a it's already a wild year. I, I I spoke earlier about some of the quarterback shuffles that that are going on right now. The Bears just signed Andy Dalton today after some, I I guess real rumors of Russell Wilson going to Chicago, which felt like they just. Wait, were those real? I don't know. I it's it seems like it can't be real, but we kept talking about it, or at least the media kept talking about it enough that it's like, all right, we're still like, there's no way this has anything to it, and we're still talking about it. And then today, I thought it was manufactured by uh, Big Cat at Barstool. 
No, 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 no. There were still <laughs> like the see. There's people that still think Russell Wilson is going to be traded because that team's not that good. They just lost the the, the damn the defensive guy to Jacksonville. Uh, oh man, I forgot his name. He's got a cool name too. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? They just signed that I think today uh, or yesterday. I think it was a cornerback. No, it's not. No, not ringing any bells. Anyways, the the team they haven't added anybody. They've only lost people. There haven't been one. They haven't signed one free agent, to my understanding. So, <laughs> I don't know if this is the, they're the new Patriots, and we're like the new. What, what are we? We're the new Dallas. <laughs> Oof! I sure hope not. Just past our prime. Oh man! Talking I mean, about the good old days forever. Talking about the good old days does make us feel like the new Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. But their good old days were in the '90s. That's a real long time ago. Our good old days were—it's like three years ago. I know. It. You know what? I just—it drives me a little crazy that Brady's still playing. Like the good old days aren't really over for him. Not even close. He signed another extension. Yeah, and he did the typical Brady thing too of taking less money, making more room, and telling what guys to take care of, and and they've done just that. That that team didn't get worse either. They're they're bringing back just about everybody. Uh, Brady's going against Father Time and against Belichick cutting a guy uh, too early rather than too late. That's tough to go against. Yeah, I mean they're they're competitive guys. I I think we always talk about the Belichick genius and all of this, but I don't know. If it's mentioned enough of just how competitive this guy is. Like you don't win that many championships without being competitive. So I think some of this off-season stuff is just, I want to win. I'm competitive. Yeah, something's got to drive I, you, know, you for sure. So I, I think we're going to see that this year, too. We're going to see a motivated guy that wants to win like he's always wanted to win every year. And if it's a long-term plan of one, two years down the road, or if it just suddenly happens this year, I just I just know this, this guy wants to win. There's no way this guy is just going to say, yeah, it was too hard, I'm going to retire. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't, I don't get that feeling at all. Do you? No. No, I don't get that feeling at all. Uh, do you get a feeling of understanding Taysom Hill's crazy four-year, $140 million contract with all these weird tweaks in it that are non-guaranteed and incentivized? Like, first of all, he's a I, we can call him a backup quarterback, right? He's, he's a backup quarterback? Uh, I'm not going to call him a backup quarterback so much as a gadget quarterback. Because, yeah, he's, he doesn't... You have to have like another guy that's really the backup quarterback, and he just comes in at certain times. It's it's a weird situation for sure. Anyways, this is a, kind of an invented position. Well, we could say to some degree. I've never seen somebody get paid this much for this kind of position. And then I I saw some people talk about how this his contract is structured. It's <laughs> it was it was like specifically made to benefit the team, and yet it kind of looks like it benefits him, but not really. If, at least that was what I kind of got from the understanding of it. But, it's It seems like it takes that NFL contract sort of, it's not what the, don't look at the first number, which is the, this is what they're getting paid. Look at the second number, which is the guaranteed money, just on steroids of, okay, so it initially comes out four years, $140 million. If this was the NBA, you would divide the 140 by four, and that's what the guy would be getting paid over four years, pretty much. But in the NFL, you have to look deeper and it's okay. Well, 
don't even bother looking at that four-year, $140 million. What you really want to do is if you go down, he's going to make this much this year, and then they took the signing bonus, and that's going to be spread over four or five years. And with that, now this clears up this much cap space for the Saints, so that's good. And then I was looking at it, I feel like, for 20 minutes, it's still going to figure out where's the $140 million? <laughs> it doesn't add up. He's like guaranteed like ten million of the hundred and forty. It just doesn't add up. It's it's something quirky. I I mean look, it doesn't sound like they broke any rules. It sounds like you just were creative with it. And if you're Taysom Hill, I mean you're employed, you got a contract. I don't know if you love the headline. <laughs> I mean this you remember like when A Rod got all those big contracts, it was like uh, fans would come up to him and like uh I've got like, you know, hundred and forty million reasons why you should uh, sign sign this autograph or something. <laughs> like is Taysom Hill gonna suddenly have this headline with him forever? Because that... he's not I making 140 million, is what we're saying. Yeah, that, he's not yeah, making that's that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what he's making. <laughs> oh man, I hope. I wonder if Jameis is gonna beat him out for the starting stop, uh, st- starting spot. He looks like uh, he's working out pretty hard this off season. I saw some workout videos. Uh, I think it was just today with uh, with Jameis. The, the the Jameis one is. <laughs> It's still wonky NFL, but it's a little easier to follow. Winston's one-year $5.5 million deal will pay him a base salary of $1 million. His $4.5 million signing bonus uh, was prorated out over three years, so that saves the, the Saints money. But that one's a little easier to see of, okay, Four point five million plus one million equals five point five million. Oh, okay, I can at least sort of get in the ballpark with his. <laughs> I wonder if he uh, if he got some ownership out of all of this uh, as well. Uh, I just saw today. I don't think you can do that. I think in the NBA and the NFL, there's been talk of that, and I don't think it's been recently, but in the past, maybe it was in the '90s or maybe the early 2000s. I think this came up. And I think the owners kind of got scared with it. I think it might have been maybe Cuban wanted to give Dirk ownership rights. And the other owners got real nervous about players wanting it. And so I think they made an official rule. Like, you cannot offer ownership stake. Oh, so you do the next best thing, I assume. And that is a cross-sport uh, part-time there ownership. You go. And I, I kind of want to make this a bigger deal than it is. And it really shouldn't matter at all but lebron james is gonna be a part-time owner of the boston red sox and boston i mean the red sox had a bit of a rough year last year that's being nice and a lot of the decisions they made i i, I don't know why they made any decisions we're, we're a weird team we act like we're i don't even want to i don't even want to name a state because it'd be that insulting because we were that bad last year <laughs> uh is this anything is this is this good news bad news i don't think this hurts uh i think these are two successful we'll call them talents or it's a good partnership i think these are two successful partners i think this is pretty big news uh this is lebron james and his business partner maverick carter so those are the two that they grew up together maverick carter is lebron's agent Uh, i'm blanking on the name of that agency right now but they represent other nba players uh you can just figure it out by uh, who on LeBron team? Who on LeBron's team gets paid? I believe Tristan Thompson's part of it. It's Clutch. It's Clutch, clutch Sports. Clutch Sports. That, yeah, Clutch Sports. That's that's the group came to me. That's uh, Anthony Davis, uh, Caldwell Pope. Uh, it's it's a bunch of people. 
It's, it's a bunch of people. It's not like it's just Maverick Carter, just with with LeBron. They have many other business ventures. One of them being the uh, the Blaze Pizza, which has taken off. Uh, I think it's more West Coast. I haven't I haven't seen any of them out here, but I know that it's definitely popular. It's a successful investment, and that's just one off the top of my head. But the reason, one thing that making a big deal is, so the Red Sox are owned by the Fenway Sports Group. LeBron and Maverick Carter will be the first two black owners within the Fenway Sports Group. So I think that's a big deal in itself, as well as that Fenway Sports Group a few years ago, or maybe more than a few years ago, it looks like it was in uh, 2011, they bought the soccer team, the Liverpool of the English Premier League. So pretty big soccer team as well that he's going to be involved with. So now he's involved with baseball and with soccer in Europe. It seems like it's just a start for him. I can easily see him doing going the same route that the Magic went of he's just got his fingers just in a bunch of things, and he's already doing this before he stopped playing. And it just seems like he is going to be uh, just like a, a mogul and – just like a financial, I mean, I'm fan, financial, just like a, a big time investor going forward. I, I don't see why not either. There's, there's very few brands that have, I mean, he has no downside to his brand. I can't name anything. I can't, I feel like he has the most popular name in, in sports. I think almost everybody has heard of LeBron James, even if you're not a sports fan. I think you know who LeBron James is. I, it seems a little it'd be hard. It'd be hard not to know. Is the is the Boston thing a little weird, or is this just purely business? Is it? It kind of feels that way, but it also maybe I don't know. Does he have some some fandom to Boston a little bit here? Maybe he's coming back to play for some Green next year. You know, I, I don't think so. I think no. he likes the <laughs> Southern California lifestyle. I think this is this is a business opportunity, and I believe he's made it pretty public before that he wants to own an NBA team. And to own an NBA team, you need a lot of money or you need to be in groups of people that have a lot of money. So I think this is just laying the groundwork where you don't just go from NBA player to NBA owner. You have to make the right investments to grow your net worth, to be liquid, to be interacting with the right people. So when a ownership opportunity comes up, you have already laid the laid the groundwork or are in the right position to do that. We've seen players before try to pretty much do exactly this. I mean, we just saw what Kevin Garnett was trying to get involved with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep. And I saw he, he put out a long tweet saying about how like, it's just not going to happen. Like, I don't, I don't understand why it won't happen, but it just, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of personal stuff going on there. But I, I just, I think we're more, I'm more trying to prove the point. This is not easy to do. These partnerships aren't just, you can't just go out and say, I'm going to buy a team. These opportunities don't come. You have to come with a certain clout, a certain advantage, and a certain timing of that situation. It's it's all, there's so many moving factors that end up in this situation. The fact that these two people that are now essentially joined together, and then you bring in, like you said, some international, <laughs> big-time international money with some overseas soccer. Oh, man. Yeah, this guy's, uh, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what LeBron's post career ends up turning into. It's just, it's, I think it's a little funny. It's almost like with with Brady talking about his his post career, where 
he's in the running for the MVP this year in his mid mid thirty mid mid to late thirties. Uh just coming off of a championship. His his post career might might still be a little ways off, and I think it's just going to be his decision how long he wants to stick around. Yeah, and I I don't I don't want forget that guy. I I hope AD doesn't come back this year. No no more championships for LeBron. Just <laughs> uh, just the do you think think it'll be uh, the the Jazz or, or the Suns? <laughs> I, I I don't think. You really think one of those teams is going to beat either of those teams? I I still think Portland once it once it all gets put back together is is kind of this awesome team. And they they're awesome right now and they don't have CJ McCollum. It's He's coming back tonight. See? Yeah, he's he's great. Actually, that should help. That, you know what? We could we should talk about You want to talk about some of his college games? I saw some highlights of uh <laughs> some uh some CJ McCollum Pass. highlights today. <laughs> I forget what team he was playing. Do you remember? He, he was balling, though, man. I want to say he had, like, 30 points and had this massive <laughs> upset. Uh, they were a blue team. I can't remember what, what school it was. I want to say it was South. Uh, Might have started with a D, four-letter word. Uh, oh, man, I, I, I scroll past <laughs> this just like when I scroll past this conversation. <laughs> he did look great. I'm excited for him. He was playing so well at the beginning of the year that – I just hope he can get back to that. Is there, he was by far the best I've ever seen him play. Great percentage, getting other guys involved, good ball handling. Just there's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff happening out there. I, I would probably put them after the Lakers. I, are, are you starting to get a little worried about the Clippers, or are we just over them entirely? I don't know. I don't know why I should be scared of this team anymore. And I think the rest of the league is starting to feel that way as well. I think that they're in a situation that other teams have been in where you just do not play well in the playoffs. So it really doesn't matter if they were in first place, had the best record in the back of your head. It's just, well, what are you going to do once the playoffs come? And I'm sure it's got to be eating at them knowing that. Like We can go on a 15-game winning streak. We could be saying all the right things. We could be doing all the right things. But until we get in the playoffs and perform – no one's going to trust us. Yeah, I I just I don't think they made enough changes from the team last year. I I'm not convinced that like they're basically running it back without without Doc Rivers and they're they're thinking that that was the big without uh without Montrez, right? Yeah, cuz he, he went to the Lakers. No, yeah, and they now they got to now they got to defend him and he doesn't even have to defend anybody. He's I, I I'm not I don't like the way the team looks. I'm curious to see if they make any moves. Uh, the deadline is next week. Next week, I think. Might be. Uh, maybe I'm behind a pile. My head ahead two weeks, but it, it's coming up for sure. I think it's late March. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to make moves. It doesn't sound like anybody's really going to make moves, or they're going to come out of nowhere, and we're going to have no idea who's available and who's not. A couple of things I want to follow up on for NBA trades. I saw I saw some Miles Turner Defensive Player of the Year press going on yesterday. Uh, he could have been a Celtic. Uh, are we? I, I I'm really over Tristan Thompson, and every time I see Miles Turner play, I'm like, wow, why did we do this? Is it fool's gold with Miles Turner, or do you think we 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 missed on that one? 
I think we, like we didn't have a lot of expectations. He was supposed to go in there and he was supposed to be who was going to stop Embiid, but he can't stop he anybody. Sure, he's supposed to stop like the big guys, but he sure doesn't look that way. The two examples I can think of him getting destroyed were by Zion and Embiid. And I don't think there's many guys in the league that can stop him, but he's struggling against other guys, man. It's, it's not like a trustworthy switch anymore. It's not like, all right, Tr- this is why we got Tristan. It's it's still not a great matchup because what big man guarding a guard on a pick and roll is, but at least he can slow him down, make him take a tougher shot, or just alter it at all. I, I feel like every time they get a switch on Tristan, they're excited. They, they, they're eating him up. And then the bigs, I don't know how this guy – this guy's gotten, like, smaller over the years, or at least he's not nearly as strong as I remember him being. I've seen him get bullied. Game after game, sometimes these guys just put their Ooh, shoulder. Zion in. got him good, and he has no like. I don't know what improvement we could. He's not getting better. He's he's an old vet. Like this is it. It's it's not like maybe he'll be better next week or maybe he'll learn this. It's it. This is. I think that was the issue with signing a veteran that was just capped out at, at his talent level. Like there's no improvement we can wait for out of this. That's that's why I think we need to make some sort of move for a big guy. I have high hopes for Time Lord, but how long? Do, He's how looking long do, better and better. How long is that going to take, though? Like, we're, you've seen enough that you're willing to sit and wait, or do you do you think this is still like this is not going to happen? What is this? His second year? <laughs> I, I, I feel like he's already showing for for a young guy that is is going to be a rim runner. I, I I'm seeing it. I like it. I like what I'm seeing. Well, I worry. He's played a lot. I, I don't that's the one thing that is a little strange is that yeah, it is his second year, but he's he's got a lot of run and I know you're not supposed to be perfect in your first year run or even your second year and he's he is getting better. But I I don't I don't, I don't see it. I'm I'm having a hard time seeing it right now. I, I think he's a nice player. I just don't know if he's the perfect guy for what we have going on right now. And if we could get value for him, I, I I'm almost proposing that we move on for him. It's got to be the right guy to get back. I don't know. There's not a whole lot of guys like Time Lord in the league, and but it's just there's a lot of development that has to go into it, and if we're willing to do that, it almost feels like we're putting Tatum and, and Brown on like the back burner. Like, don't worry, guys. We're going to develop this guy, and then we're going to be ready to go. And we're wasting a year, two year, a year out of those two guys right now, which they're playing awesome basketball. They're the two best players on almost every court they, they show up on. It's, it's great. I want I want him to get some help. <laughs> we're right up against the, the the cap, so there's just not a lot of room on on what we can do. But I I would be surprised if we didn't make uh make some some moves around the edges in the in the next couple of weeks. Do Do you want to talk some Celtics rumors? You You want to say yes or no to some of my proposals? I I don't have the actual trades. It's more of just the players that we could potentially target. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. I think that the number one in the the source on this is, is Brian Scalabrini has, has been somewhat a, an advocate for this one and makes it sound like I think this is the front runner and that would be Harrison Barnes from Sacramento. I don't know what it costs us. I'm not going to even do that sort of proposal, but yeah. imagine him just suddenly being added to our roster. I I like the idea if Brooklyn feels like the team we're going to have to deal with for the next five years. Adding a guy like that seems like it would be a good move. Do you know how tall he is off the top of your head? 
Uh, I would guess six seven, six eight. I really don't know. Mm. All right, so you're you're looking at a wing. I guess we can always use a wing. We we have Tatum and Brown, but after that, it just it it, it drops off. But uh, doesn't he seem like he's like too expensive? Like he's too good to be a backup. To if if we had a weaker wings position, but wouldn't you rather strengthen one of the other other spots? I would, but I almost feel like this is the most important spot. The more the more guys you have at this spot, the better. And he's not gonna. I don't think he's a guy that's gonna get in the way. I mean, look at it. Look at him in Golden State. I think he could be that third option. I, I think he. I, this is probably a hard conversation to have with him, but it's like you're really good at being the third option. Can you do that for us? <laughs> but I, I, for for some reason, I believe that he can do that because I think that's what he's had the most success at in the past doing, of, of being like that third fourth option. I, I think he makes the team better. It's just another swing guy. I don't know if it puts us over the top because at the end of the day, he's not better than Kyrie Harden or Durant. But there's no, there's there nobody, are, there's yeah. no one else available. Like we can't just go trade for one of those guys. If we could, we would have. Yeah. I, for the price, it it could be intriguing. Uh, but I, I don't know. That's just one option. I, I think the other guy that's been bouncing around over there. There's a couple Orlando guys. I don't know what the trade would be again with any of these, but I know Vucevic has been talked about as well as some of the other guys. I, I would take Terrence Ross. I think that would be another good addition. I imagine, and I would hope that that would be very affordable. I don't want to overpay for Terrence Ross, but again, if you just slide him onto our roster, it's another shooter swing guy that I think it just gives us more athleticism and and maybe some scoring. We're, we're a weird shooting team. Like we, like who do you think are, is our best just spot up shooter? Tatum, but is, he's not even a spot up shooter. He shoots off the yeah, dribble. Like, I mean, I guess yeah, he creates. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like creates his own shot. So, like, I, I think if you were if you were Grant, to Terrence Williams in the corner, well, that's kind of a low key good one. But, yeah, but we're yeah. not. Nobody's reading about that one in the scouting report, though. That's just no. something the Celtics fan watch all the time, and we're like, oh, you know, Grant Williams in the corner. You know, he gets like two two off a game, but he's pretty good at him. Uh, but I think Terrence Ross would immediately be our best three point shooter. And that's that's why we need to add something. <laughs> that's concerning. I could see, I could see Terrence Ross. My only concern, uh, I, I think Vooch is is too expensive. I, I don't think Orlando is going to give him up. But it seems like there's a lot of guys on Orlando that everyone's looking at, going like, "Ooh, all right, yeah, they're pretty good. They could definitely work on the team." But it seems to be so many of them, and it's well, if there's so many of these good guys on the team, why is the team not better? They're kind of like. They're they're exactly like the the Patriots guys we just added right now. They're movable assets. They're yeah. good on any team you want. They Maybe. may not be perfect together. I don't. I just argue that they're going to be great on the Patriots. But I mean, this is this is what these type of players are. They're nice players. They're great players. You fit them in. But if you're if you're not going for it this year, they're they're almost more valuable to get the the picks for them in exchange. I think that they yeah they they they're they're not going to give us they're not going to give us Vooch. Ross, he he would definitely be be interesting. I have him on my fantasy team, and he's he's been hurt a little bit, and then he was coming back, and he's normally a starter. And the the can't news came out; he's going to come off the bench. I was like, man, well, he's injured, but he's coming off the bench. Like that doesn't seem good. And then he went off for thirty points, so he's definitely very positive positive in my book right now. But I think in general, we're not going to see as many trades as in the past. 
just because there's the playing game now. So you're you're putting in uh, a few more teams that normally would know, yeah, we're not even going to be close to the playoffs. We're going to make some moves, some future moves. But now there's still some hope. And some of these teams where I think us as the Celtics would be, well, what are we going to do? We're going to barely limp into the playoffs. Like we, we want to be either really good or really bad to get the draft picks to get really good again. But I think some of the other, these other teams are thinking we can host a playoff game. Absolutely. Sign us up. It's a weird year. I, I like that, that, that gives you a little bit more motivation. At least it's more teams are motivated. More teams are motivated. The more competitive the league is, the better the games are. Uh but I also feel like if you're in the middle of the pack, kind of like the way we are right now, and you want to make the jump, that's going to make it really hard to make the jump when every other team feels like we're not trading anybody because we think we still have something to fight for. That's 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 challenging. I don't know how we've, we're not going to be able to overcome that. Uh, I was uh, feeling pretty good about the, the Celtics where got a four-game win streak going into, into, into the All-Star break. Uh, couldn't. Couldn't take down the the Nets, but then then we beat Houston pretty good. Which it's like, man, if we can't beat that that team, it's basically a G League team. We're in trouble. But then I looked at the at the at the standings. Well, we've won six of four because before that we were struggling. But the teams ahead of us, you have the Heat, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers. They're all on four or five game winning streaks. <laughs> That's tough to catch up with. Even the Hornets right behind us are on a four-game winning streak. Everybody is just is hot right now. All right, we got about 10 minutes left on the podcast here. Uh, is there a team you want to avoid in the playoffs? Like, you could just see it right now? Because we're going to be falling into this middle pack here, and I think we're going to have somewhat control of being four, five, or six. And I know that doesn't sound like too much of a difference, but it may, it may come down to do we want to play these guys or do we want to play these guys? See, it's a problem when you have to think about it that way and you're starting to look at more than one team because that just means that you're not very good. No, Where no, we're not. That's why I, we need every like, advantage oh, we can get. That's yeah, just why like, I'm bringing oh, this we up. We could just avoid this team. We'd be good. <laughs> but it's like, well, Embiid's looking like a, like an MVP this year. So Sixers are going to be tough. We beat them last year, but they didn't have Simmons. Nets just beat us. And that was without Durant. And then you go down, it's like, well, the Bucks have Giannis. We don't exactly have an answer for Giannis, so it's just a lot of, oh, boy, well, we got we to gotta figure some things out. And we had a bunch of problems with Miami last year. Yeah, right? That doesn't even the, the, include so uh, Miami, who's surging, and that would be the matchup we'd have right now if I, we were to face off. I think that's the concerning thing, is that there's, I think, three front runners in the teams you mentioned that we obviously don't want to play. So it's like, all right, maybe we'll get lucky and we'll play the four seed, or we'll be the four seed. But then that 4-5 seed is going to be Miami, and we're just a bad matchup for them. They have so many good shooters. They take away, and they have good team defense. I, I think they have excellent coaching. I'd be curious to see that matchup again, but I don't feel very good going into it. I, I, I don't know what's changed from last year to this year that isn't going to work. Like I feel like everything they did to us last year should just work again. I don't know. I, I I'm, This is why we need to make a move. I don't know who we're going to make a move with. Yeah. Uh, speaking of making moves, we have made moves with the Wheel of Consequences. It has been created, is going to be spun right now. Uh, Zach, you want to list off what's on there to remind anyone if they didn't listen in last week? Sure. So just a recap on how this works. 
last week we made a decision on what was going to be the consequences. We came up with four consequences. Those are you have to have a mustache and starburns. If you don't know what starburns are, you probably can figure it out from context, but go look up Community, the TV show. There is the beer mile. There's You have to learn to do a backflip. And there is a 5K with the other team's t. You have to run a 5K with the other team's T-shirt. And we will be spinning the wheel today to find out what consequence we will not be doing. And we will be doing a subsequent subsequent spins the next two weeks as the tournament goes on uh, with the follow, final one happening just before the final four. I will. I'm going to play the sound of it right now, and I'll tell you the results, and then I will post the actual video, the screen recording of it, on our Facebook page, uh, lcalcb.com for the league sign up. But the the loser this year isn't going to have to do this. This is going to get eliminated. Is there one you want to be eliminated? Like, are you? Is there one you're like, yeah, let's get rid of that one, or or they're all like equally like, yeah, I don't want to do any of these. They're all kind of equally on that. Uh, I tried to do Starburns last year during quarantine when just goofy stuff was happening because you're quarantined and it was very difficult to, to pull off. So that is a concern for me. <laughs> you're concerned about, I, I'm concerned about just pulling it off and just actually completing it. You're, you're worried about how it's going to look and, and <laughs> I, I think we're yes. worried about different things right now. Yes. that That's my concern because last year was we were in quarantine uh, only my roommates were seeing me where this year, uh, hopefully be able to go out a little more and people are, people are going to notice. All right. Well, I'm going to spin the wheel. This is one, this is the one that's going to be eliminated. So let's go ahead and spin it. Oh, decisions have been made. The beer mile has been eliminated. Whew. No more beer mile. I guess you're going to have to stop your training. I never stop my training. I'll, I'll be better next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so that's leaving uh, the mustache and sideburns, the uh, the 5K race with uh, the other team's T-shirt, and the learn to do a backflip. <laughs> Well, a couple of these seem like athletic feats that could actually hurt us. <laughs> uh, but make sure you tune in next week and make sure you sign up again. Uh, the league is entirely free. LCALCB.com to sign up. Oh, man. That, 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 the wheel's exhilarating, man. Hear, hearing the little clicking? The wheel's fun every time. <laughs> that, was, that was the best fun. I think that's the only positive thing that the quarantine has provided me. This is the only thing I've learned over the past year that has made my life better. <laughs> you got any other examples? Because I don't. I was, I, was, I, I, I was just trying to think what, what else. Uh, is, and I'm going to keep saying positive things about quarantine ending and COVID ending because uh, I, like, I like being positive. But just looking back over the year, it, it's been a whole year and remember at the beginning people doing the push-up challenge and other challenges and i just definitely do, doing healthy things but just wondering like, over a whole year should, should i have done something else should, should i be farther along <laughs> does that waste the year i i feel the exact same way which makes me think that's just how everybody feels 
everybody wanted to do something different over the past year. There's not one person that was like, this is exactly what I wanted, unless you were GameStop. I, <laughs> I don't think yeah. anyone else has been like, yes, more quarantine, more madness, more more just worldwide <laughs> craziness. <laughs> uh, but the only craziness that's going to happen this month is going to be March Madness. It's already started. Duke is out. Kentucky's out. The planned game is UCLA-Michigan State. The chaos is around the corner. Can't wait. Right around the corner. Oh, man, we're going to make a lot of bad decisions this week. It's going to be great. <laughs> St. Patty's Day is tomorrow. I'm not celebrating All positive. it. positive. I'm not celebrating it. you got 30 seconds All? to tell me why I should celebrate it, but I'm not I'm not celebrating it. I know this weekend's going to be plenty of fun. Well, one, you get to wear green, and I always like wearing green. It's my favorite color. Where am I wearing and green to? I'm not going anywhere. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I'm just wearing it in the house. It's it's that much of a holiday that it matters that oh, much yeah. to you that you're going to wear it inside for no one else to wear. Oh, to no one yeah. Else It'd be like not wearing Christmas stuff around Christmas time. It, it's, it's on the holiday. You know, I'm going to be wearing it. I'll be wearing my green. I got uh, I got my Mountain Dew shirt set off to the side to make sure that I didn't wear it early. And uh, there will be Irish car bombs happening tomorrow. So I do love Irish car bombs. Those... Uh, that's why I'm Hawaii. See, that's my selling point right there. That's Throw on one of your Celtics shirt. You get your, your Irish car bombs. And you, know, you don't do too many of them. It's a Wednesday. Yeah, we'll be doing plenty of partying uh, for the first and second round this weekend. But you just get a little, little taste of it. I got a... Uh, Another uh, St. Patty's Day shirt, long sleeve shirt. I might even wear that one around if I'm a little chilly. All right. Well, it's decided. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm watching Die Hard. That's the only thing I can do. There you go. I don't know how that fits, but whatever floats your boat. Because it's not a Christmas movie. We'll be back next week. Well, little column A, little column B.